Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to talk about our favorite movies that take place within one day. 24 hours could be just a night, but for the most part, it has to be limited to one day. Now, we may have some cheats in there because of possible timeline, maybe they go back in time, things like that, but for the most part, all of our movies that we pick have to be one day. I have a ton of them, so I have a top 10 list and a ton of honorable mentions, so let's get into it now. Number 10 for movies that take place in one day is Death at a Funeral from 2007. This is the UK version and not the remake. So when this came out in 2007, it was one of the funniest comedies I had seen in a while, and it was totally unexpected. The trailer was intriguing enough for me to check out, and the movie was far better and funnier than I could have ever imagined. And I didn't even bother to see the US remake from 2010 because this version cannot be topped. Death at a Funeral reminds me of a classic like screwball comedy. You, you know, just when you think the movie can't get can't get any more over the top, another unexpected hilarious turn appears, and this this bears repeat viewing. And I highly recommend you see this film. And it pretty much, I from what I remember, it all takes place in one day. It is just one crazy thing after another at a funeral. Number nine is The Goonies from 1985. I, you know, I really thought about this one, and I was like, it has to be one day. I don't remember it being more than one day. So that's why I left it at nine, because I wasn't sure. So if I'm wrong, you can correct me. But from what I remember, this all takes place in one day. This was one of my favorites as a kid. Whenever I needed a break from Back to the Future, The Goonies was almost always next in line in my, my video queue. And it was less scary than, let's say, Indiana Jones. And as a seven-year-old boy, you could really relate to the younger characters in the film. My friends and I were obsessed with the movies. And all we wanted to do was ride our bikes. And if we were lucky, stumble upon some buried treasure. And before he was Rudy and Samwise, Sean Astin, in my mind, was always going to be Mikey. He was also in this TV Disney movie uh, that aired one Sunday night called The Brat Patrol, which I loved. And I know it's completely random, but I, I would love to watch that again, but it's nowhere to be found. Also, being a big sports fan at that age, I loved Sloth and that he was you know, played by a retired Oakland Raider defensive lineman named John Matuzak. And, and sadly, Matuzak died only four years after making the film due, an, due to an accidental overdose. There were tons of scenes that were my favorites, like Mouth, who was played by Corey Feldman, translating inappropriate instructions to the new housekeeper. Of course, Chunk doing the truffle shuffle. Chunk making vomiting noises when he's kidnapped by the Fratellis. But there was one scene that just made me crack up nonstop, and I'll see if I can find the clip. But if I can't... It goes something like this. Mouth is is doing this like silly falsetto voice, sticking his tongue through the painting. Come here, make me feel like a woman. Come on, give me a nice wet Number eight is the original Freaky Friday from 1976. I am completely faithful to the original. It it's the version I grew up with the version I loved and will continue to support. I mean, come on, I'm going to choose Jodie Foster over Lindsay Lohan any day. Plus, you get John Aston, who of course was Gomez in the original Adams Family. He plays her father. 
I loved everything about this movie, all the wacky scenarios like the overflowing washing machine to the water skiing event, and all the sports scenes like the field hockey game and playing baseball in the park were terrific. And if you're going to watch a version, I realize that, you know, it depends when you grew up and everything, but look, even if you only knew the Lindsay Lohan version, you should still go back and check out the original. To me, that's always the best. Number seven is American Graffiti from 1973. This is the ultimate coming-of-age story and is the second movie from director George Lucas. The film is based on Lucas's experiences as a teenager in the 1960s while living in Modesto, California. Modesto is about two hours east of San Francisco. Now, again, this all takes place literally in one night before... Um, Richard Dreyfus goes off to school, and I, I realize you could say, well, it turns into the next day, but technically it starts at night, so we still he hit that 24-hour threshold, so... There we go. We're going a little loose here. Uh, the thing that folks most remember about this movie is the amazing soundtrack. This is one I think I should do. <laughs> uh, definitely review with my mom, but we'll, we'll see if we get to it or not. Every popular rock and roll song that you can think of from the 1950s is included in this movie. And as for a plot, there really isn't one. You follow the lives of a group of friends cruising from, you know, cruising the town for, on one summer night. And the cast is awesome. And you get to see a young stars uh, before they were actually big time stars. You know, Richard Dreyfus, Harrison Ford, Suzanne Summers, Ron Howard, Cindy Williams, Charles Martin Smith, and of course, Mackenzie Phillips. Number six is Dog Day Afternoon from 1975. Hell, it's in the title. It's one afternoon. The craziest thing about Dog Day Afternoon is that it's really based on a true story. If you were to watch this movie and not know this, you would easily think that the plot is pretty far-fetched. But again, truth is always stranger than fiction. The movie stars Al Pacino and John Cazale as two friends who decide to rob a bank in order for Pacino to have enough money to pay for his lover's sex change operation, who is that's played by Chris Sarandon. A third accomplice is played by Gary Springer, and he kind of rounds out their motley crew. The problem is that none of the guys have any experience robbing banks, and it's just a comedy of errors for everyone involved. And what should have been an in-and-out job turns into this huge hostage situation with tons of news crews covering the chaotic scene. I've mentioned before that, you know, John Cazale, what a career. I mean, the guy I mean, it ended very tragically because he died at a young age due to contracting lung cancer. But he was in amazing movies. It was almost like James Dean. He was in the both The Godfathers. He was in Dog Day Afternoon. He was in The Deer Hunter. I mean, just what a career. Number five is The Breakfast Club from 1985. This is still one of the most iconic movies ever to come out of the 1980s. And, and the reason it still resonates with people today is that there's certain things about being a teenager that is timeless. And The Breakfast Club features all of these timeless qualities. As Anthony Michael Hall's character says so perfectly in the paper he delivers to the assistant principal at the end of the movie, every school has a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. And that still exists today. You can change the era, but kids are kids, and nothing changes. The Breakfast Club is yet another amazing John Hughes film. It, it, if you if you know anything about this podcast, I, I we did a full episode, I believe, just on John Hughes movies because that's how brilliant he was in the 80s. Wouldn't have been the same without him. Of course, this movie takes place in an afternoon on a Saturday, Saturday Detention. 
And again, all the actors here are 80s icons. Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson, Anthony Michael Hall, Emilio Estevez, and Ali Sheedy. And look, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Paul Gleason, who was perfect as the assistant principal, Vernon. All right, people, we're going to try something a little different today. We are going to write an essay of no less than a thousand words describing to me who you think you are. This is this a test? And when I say essay, I mean essay. I do not mean a single word repeated a thousand times. Is that clear, Mr. Bender? Crystal. Good. Maybe you'll learn a little something about yourself. Maybe you'll even decide whether or not you care to return. Uh, yeah, you know, I can answer that right now, sir. You know, that'd be no, no for me. Cause... Sit down, Johnson. Thank you, sir. My office is right across that hall. Any monkey business is ill-advised. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Give you the answer to that question, Mr. Bender, next Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. That man is a brownie hound. Number four is First Blood from 1982. This is the first installment of the Rambo franchise, and it's by far the best. The realistic shots and dark tone were never really matched in later sequels. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is terrific as an ex-Green Beret named John Rambo. He doesn't have much dialogue, but the action scenes are just terrific, and, and the supporting cast is fabulous with Richard Crenna, Brian Dennehy, and a very young David Caruso in one of his early roles. You'll see him in the very beginning. Uh, the variety of traps that Rambo sets in the woods are just tremendous, and, and you don't even feel bad for the cops, especially after the way they treated Rambo in the beginning of the film. After a while, it's kind of like, hey, why don't you just burn the fucking town down? Hooray, he's got a missile launcher, so good riddance, town. So, yeah, that's kind of how you feel. He just wanted to be left alone, and the cops were fucking with him, and that's it. Burn the sucker down, and I say go for it, Rambo. In any case, this movie takes place in one hellish day for this town, and the town is never the same. So, be careful when you pull someone over who's an ex, uh, you know, Green Beret slash war hero. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! It wasn't my war! You asked me, I didn't ask you! And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win! Then I come back to the world, and I see all those maggots at the airport protesting me, spitting, calling me baby killer and all kinds of vile crap. Who are they to protest me, huh? Who are they? Unless they've been me and been there and know what the hell they're yelling about. Number three is Adventures in Babysitting from 1987. This is a perfect example of why I love movies from the 80s. There really isn't much of a story to start with, and then before you know it, all these fun scenarios pop up, and of course there's action, comedy, and music. I'm going to sound old now, but that's okay, I'm old. This movie would never get made today. There, there are no superheroes, there's no explosions, and you don't need CGI. It's okay. I will always have my movie collection to keep me happy and this podcast, so that's why it's called Damn Good Movie Memories. 
I totally had a crush on Elizabeth Shue ever since she was Allie with an eye and the Karate Kid. And so when I heard about Adventures in Babysitting, I was all in. And my dad loved all the music on this soundtrack because it was filled with blues and soul music. And it was our introduction to the legendary blues guitarist Albert Collins because of, ain't nobody plays going to leave this place without singing the blues. So th- there's just also a fabulous song by Percy Sledge called Just Can't Stop, which plays during the closing credits and in the intro. But, of course, this all takes place in one night. Nobody gets out of this place without singing the blues. Number two, well, it has to be my favorite movie of all time, and that's Airplane from 1980. Now, you might be wondering, why isn't it number one? Well, there's a reason, because, you know, it's all by subject. Of course, it's my favorite movie. It should, so should always be on the top of the list. But when it comes to one-day movies, I thought I'd just at least make it number two, because I think there's another movie that fits the scenario better. Look, I've talked about this movie... Over and over because it's the funniest comedy ever made. If you want to hear all my really deep thoughts on Airplane, check out the 100th episode, which is where we all talk about our favorite movie of all time. There's nothing more I can say. It, every every time I watch, I never get sick of it. It's like listening to an album I've heard a million times, but I still never get tired of it. That's how Airplane is to me. And of course, it takes place in one crazy day on an airplane. Like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. All right, number one, what could possibly be better than Airplane? And of course, it's not better, but is it better for the one-day movie subject that we're doing on this episode? Yes, and it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off from 1986. It even says it in the title. It's got to be number one. This is my favorite John Hughes movie. It's just, it's a terrific movie. It's the my go-to movie when I was sick. It was just everything that I wanted one day to be, and that's how it is. Uh, you know, if you're in Chicago, of course, you're going to go to Wrigley Field. You're going to go to the museums. You're going to do all these things, and they knock it out of the park. And and it doesn't, I mean, I don't know if it's physically possible to do all that they did, but it doesn't matter. Power of editing, and it's amazing, you know, whether it be, um, you know, just the back and forth between Ferris's sister and Ed Rooney and the, you know, the principal and it's just, there's so many great scenes in the movie. I never get tired of it and I continue to watch it to this day and I still get a smile on it. And even though Ferris to me doesn't hold up, I think as well as it did when I was a kid. I mean, I, I have a lot more fun with Cameron now. And then of course, Rooney, and, and things like that, but you know, it's still it's still a blast. It was a career making movie for Matthew Broderick, so gotta be number one. Look, this this is not a phony phone call. There is an intruder, male, Caucasian, possibly armed, certainly weird, in my kitchen. Yeah, my 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 name's Bueller. Look, it's real nice that you hope my brother's feeling better, but I'm in danger, okay? I am very cute, I am very alone, and I'm very protective of my body. I do not want it violated or killed, all right? I need help! Speaking in English! Dickhead! Excuse me. Whoever's in the house is still in the house. I'd like you to know that I've just called the police. So if you have any brains whatsoever, you'll get your ass out of my house real quick. I'd also like to add that I have my father's gun and a scorching case of herpes. All right, I do have extras. We'll get through them quickly. 
All right, After Hours from 1985. This was directed by Martin Scorsese. It's a crazy movie about the nightlife in New York City, kind of that down and sleazy vibe that it was before everything got cleaned up there. It stars Griffin Dunn and Roseanne Arquette. Just a, super fun and all these crazy things that are going on. Uh, you might remember Griffin Dunn, of course, if you've seen An American Werewolf in London. Um, he was also in Johnny Dangerously. He plays Michael Keaton's brother in that movie. Uh, Airheads with Adam Sandler and Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi. That they basically go through. They try to hijack a um, radio station so they can get their song played, and it's a crazy day and night for them. Of course, this is mentioned a lot by our guest, Dazed and Confused. It's like the ultimate '70s movie. Of course, it wasn't in the '70s like they filmed it in the '90s, but uh, this is how I imagine the '70s were. In high school, you know, kind of like in the mid to late 70s. The Desperate Hours with Humphrey Bogart, where he takes a family hostage for one hellish night for them. Falling Down, I believe Metal Mike mentions this movie. Uh, Very dark comedy, but really well done about a guy who kind of loses it after he loses his job. And so many great scenes. One, The best scene being where he goes to McDonald's and it's like 11.01. And of course, they stop serving breakfast at 11, but he still wants breakfast at 11.01. It's probably the reason why McDonald's now has all day breakfast. So someone doesn't go and shoot up the place for not getting breakfast at 11.01. So there you go. Uh, The original Halloween, of course. You know, it's one night. It's got to be there. High Noon. So this came on my radar because of Westerns. Of course, I'd seen it. But yeah, it's almost in real time. If we want to do real time movies, High Noon basically follows that format where it's 90 minutes and and he has to kind of have that showdown with the, the guys that are coming back for revenge. Uh, it's mentioned later in this movie, I think, uh, later in this movie, later in this episode, I think Samantha mentions it. But Rope from Alfred Hitchcock, that's almost in real time as well. This one I wasn't sure about, so that's why it's on my extras list, but I'm pretty sure it's One Night, and it's called Sorry, Wrong Number with Barbara Stanwyck and Burt Lancaster about a woman who's being terrorized on the telephone, and she's kind of she's an invalid, so she can't get out of bed, so she keeps getting these phone calls about someone that's going to kill her, um, or at least she hears something about the, you know plotting to, to get her death, and, and nobody will pay attention to her. It's actually based on an old-time radio play uh, of the same name. And lastly, 3 O'Clock High, which is uh, one day, it's in in high school, and Casey Shemko is, is like trying to avoid getting beat up by the new kid who uh, he <laughs> does not befriend, he just uh, gets set up for a fist fight during the, the day, and he just kind of has to go throughout the whole day trying to avoid this guy, but he can't, and ultimately 3 O'Clock rolls around, and you'll just have to see the movie and find out. All right, this was a fun topic to come up with a bunch of movies for, but we have tons of guests, so let's get to them now. All right, we're back with Keith. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Brian. I appreciate that. No problem. We love how concise you are. You always have top five lists, and you come organized, and nothing against our other guests, but you're definitely our most organized guest, so I love it. Well, you know, if I'm going to take that, I'll, I'll take that as a prize. Then. Perfect. Of course, I do have the top five with some honorable mentions. I so. love it. I love it. All right. So this one, we're going to do uh, movies that take place in the day. And I, I'm dying to hear your list. It's it's funny because at first when I saw the topic, I'm like, can there really be that many movies that take place in a day? And then I'm like, there are. Damn, there's a lot of movies that take, take place in one day. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So my first honorable mention is uh, Falling Down. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This is the reason that McDonald's switched to their all-day breakfast. 
Can you blame him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> An amazing scene. It's so it's not meant to be funny, but it turns out to be absolutely hilarious. You know, he just goes absolutely ape shit because of the ridiculousness of it's eleven oh one and they won't serve you breakfast because it's past eleven. Exactly. Yeah. And nowadays, I mean, I've seen videos on Facebook and YouTube of people like going behind the counter and punching people, and I'm like, damn, this is this is really happening nowadays just oh. because they got their order wrong. And they were 20 years too uh, early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were predicting the future. Who would have thought? It is idiocracy at its finest. Exactly. But I, I've, it's funny because watching that movie still nowadays. Growing up, I had a, a manager in retail that resembled him in that movie. Oh, really? The character's name was Defense. Uh -huh. <laughs> and to this day, I still picture this manager that I had in retail. And it's just like, that was the guy you just didn't want to piss off because I was afraid he was going to go ape shit on you because I kept seeing the movie. But yeah. I'm like, nope, that's, he was just, he was okay. <laughs> <laughs> worked out in the end. But yeah, yeah this, is, this is actually an underrated movie because you, Robert Duvall's in it. And uh, yeah, just a really well done, well done movie. And we got an Iron Maiden song out of it. That's right. I forgot. Man on the Edge from yeah. the album that no one wants to admit they listen to, no. The X Factor. That's right. Blaze Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other honorable mention is uh, Training Day with Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan Hawke. And it's funny because usually you, you kind of expect Denzel to be the good guy, but he's not so much of a good guy in that movie. Shows his range. He can pretty much do whatever he wants. Yes, he can, and, and he does, you he know, did. and he does it well most of the time. So. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is one I, I can't watch over and over again because it's too intense. Yeah, that, there are some movies out there that you can only watch once or twice and then put them to the side for yeah. quite a few years. But yeah, that would be one of them. Yeah, I can't deny how good it is, though. I think there's another one on my list that is like that, too, for me. So oh, good. We'll All see right. when we get there. Can't wait. Uh, the next one, though, is one that I can watch over and over again that takes place in a day and that is dazed and confused absolutely and uh one of the best movies that uh about the 70s even though it was, it was uh filmed in the 90s and i still want to see the other one that uh was it richard linkletter did but everybody wants some that was set in the 80s and i still haven't yet to watch that one you know i think i saw it and it wasn't that good it, uh, uh, i i never definitely see it because everyone has their own opinions but i was disappointed by it Okay. And and especially, I love Van Halen, so I mean, you have one <laughs> terrific uh, title for it, but yeah, it just, it kind of let me down. Ah, okay. But, but definitely check it out, because maybe, maybe, maybe we'll finally disagree. I think it's on a queue somewhere, so I'm sure I'll watch it eventually. Okay. But speaking of disappointing people, I think this one disappointed people, but... I personally love this movie, and I find it hilarious, and I can watch this over and over again, and that is Clue. Yeah, that's a, you know that is one of Malin's favorite movies, and uh, Malin's a regular on this. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was really genius in a way. It didn't pan out, but coming up with three different endings, and yeah. so you'd have to have repeat viewing at the theater. Really, a, a very ingenious type of idea. It, yeah, and I, I you know like. For me, I'll watch it and watch it, and then I, I get so excited at the end when they go to recap everything because it's just – I find it hilarious mm -hmm. when you have Tim Curry doing the, the, the recapping of it and how he's like beating the hell out of poor Michael McKeon. Oh, I know. On every every scene, I'm like, this is this is just comedic gold to me. Do you have it on DVD? Yes, I do. Yeah, which, which is great because you can actually have a random – it has a random ending if you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, you have the random ending, and then, of course, you have the one where it kind of puts them all together. That's right, that's right. I love doing the random one, because you just, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah you never know. Yeah. Um, so we talked about 
you know, movies that are a little bit intense, uh, do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen this one in a long time, but definitely. Yeah. And, and it's, I know it takes place in a day and it's, you know, Spike Lee can be hit or miss it to me personally at times, yeah. but this movie is just so just spot on to me. Yeah. Danny Aiello. So good. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's mind blowing to me, but it's not for me a repeat viewing type movie. No, no, I'm with you on that one. Uh, next one though, definitely. I think everybody has seen this multiple times and it's probably a lot of people's number two, but I mean, number one, but it's my number two Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a reason for it. And that's breakfast club. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. There's how much, what, what more can you say about the breakfast club than a pure classic? I always wanted, and they can't do it now, but a, a sequel to find out what happens on Monday when they show up, you know? Yeah. That would yeah, have been, that been a cool idea. Or even like the, the post script at the end. Yeah, exactly. But maybe it's better that you just kind of have your own um, idea of what happened to everyone, you know? Yeah, because then, you know, we, we all probably come up with a different idea of what truly happens and you know what happened to Bender and everybody else. So exactly, like Malin always thinks that oh no, they just they ended up basically being jerks to each other because that's what happens when you're a kid. You know, even though you have that moment of bonding, you're going to go back to what you're what you're comfortable with in the long run. I I, I tend to think they may have done that mm-hmm. on the outward surface to their with their friends around. Right, right, exactly. But but I think that deep down they would have still cared about one another, not gone overboard on doing that to one another yeah and of course the romantic of me thinks well him and molly ringwald are going to get together but you know who knows right well yeah and then of course you know one of them grew up to become a, a great football player named johnny b good right? <laughs> what a, oh man and one of the worst all-time covers ever and i love judas priest but oh terrible Ugh. I agree. I yeah. agree. That's a that's a hard one to stomach. But yeah. yeah, and you know, to think that they kind of turned down Top Gun. I think I forgot what the song was. It was uh, on Turbo Reckless from Turbo. Yeah, the last track. Um, Reckless. I think it's Reckless. Yes. And yeah, Reckless. They they held. They didn't want to take it off Turbo, so they didn't give it to the Top Gun soundtrack. And I think they regretted it. So then they agreed to do Johnny Be Good. And we saw how that turned out. So. Yeah, I, I think I heard an interview with uh, KK recently about that, and I think the story was that they were already sequencing the record Turbo. Oh. And that's when Top Gun came to them asking for the track, mm-hmm. and they didn't have anything supposedly in the can to put into the record even though they supposedly recorded ram it down at the same time and yeah. had all those extra tracks yeah exactly because it was supposed to be called twin turbos so yeah right. i i wonder if maybe he's i mean again it was a long time ago for him too but yeah that seems kind of kind of fishy my guess is they probably didn't think top gun was going to do anything they want they didn't want to screw up their album so yeah, yeah. well yeah we know what we know what history says that Ex- exactly all right me personally being a huge kevin smith fan and uh, that's why it's my number one but it's not clerks because we know that takes place in a day too that's but right. this is mall rats the one that gets overlooked I, that's actually my favorite kevin smith movie it is yeah that's okay yeah <laughs> all right so we can't disagree on too much on this one <laughs> no it's it's so well done and as much as i love clerks yeah this is by far my my favorite kevin smith movie because chasing amy pisses me off <laughs> because um I, maybe it's ben affleck i, I don't know but mall rats to me is is a it's such a great movie. It's so much fun. Yeah, and and 
being growing up being a comic book guy, you know, I can kind of relate to the Brody Bruce character of not as much, but just kind of the way he was at times. But yeah, there's just some of the things like the, just the little one liners that he has. It's just it, to me, it was hilarious. That and you get the debut of Stan Lee making cameos. You know, what a great scene. Yes, yes. And and that was back in the day when DVDs were released and they had the commentaries. Yes. That was one of the ones that I would sit there and listen to the commentary of with Kevin Smith and everybody else talking about it. And I found that even more hilarious at times. Yeah, definitely. I, I wish I'm actually surprised they didn't make him all rats, too. You know, <laughs> I thought he was working on something like that and then decided to go and just do another Jay and Silent Bob movie. Yeah. Though all the characters kind of, they all kind of interweave, even though they're not technically the same. They all kind of. They, yeah, that's true. Them. And I, I still can't get that picture of a chocolate pretzel out of my head. Oh, yeah. Every, just <laughs> oh, so wrong. It is, but so, so right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's also hilarious, yes. Well, again, thank you so much, Keith. This has been great. Anytime, Brian. I appreciate it. All right, we're back with Metal Mike. Welcome back. Hey, brother. How you been, man? I'm great. And you have a, a guest with you. This is like a, a team up or doing like a tag team. So it's, it, it is. It's you're getting two Tylers for the price of one. I love right? it. With me is my nephew, the crusader of metal himself of that metal DJ Kane. Yeah, man, I, I have a show on uh, that metal station. You have two shows. Yeah, I have two shows. Uh, one on Sunday and one on Thursday. Well, on Sunday, it's uh, six to nine. Uh, PM uh, Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And, uh, on Thursdays it's three to seven. And uh, the, the Thursday show, shows? the Thursday show is an all power metal show. It's just nothing but power metal. Awesome, um, awesome. My Sunday show is more a little bit of everything. And what are the titles of those shows? Uh, Crusader of Metal show and Absolute Power. Now the Crusader of Metal show is his Sunday show where he pretty much plays all kinds of metal. He kind of does like a miniature version of my Friday show. Okay, even cool. though Payne's his own person and does his own thing, you know. I mean, uh, where yeah, I play music that he, he can't stand most of the time. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> and then Thursday is his Absolute Power Everyone show, saw, which is all uh, power metal. Awesome, uh, Justin Bieber, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. But the Bieber, um, get Bieber fever up in here, man. That's right. <laughs> and then anyway, Metal and Metal Mike, you got you have two shows as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so you, uh, one is on Tuesdays. Yeah, with the Tuesday night thrash bash from four p.m. to eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right. And, and then, then my Friday. Friday show is the Metal Mike show with, uh, which is from six p.m. to one a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I play all kinds of metal and I got a lot of colorful guests. You know, my friend Bildo for real though, my older brother David Tyler, aka Scapegoat, my good friend Dirty Dave, and of course the Crusader of Metal himself from time shows to time up. I show up. Awesome. So, yeah. It's a lot of fun, man. Uh station's doing good and check us out at www.thatmetalstation.com. We got a lot of different DJs, including the one and only Dr. Fuck every Thursday. Absolutely. And hey, my mom is uh Dr. Fuck's favorite guest on this show, so he speaks and highly you know of what? this. Dr. Yeah. Fucking alone. That's She's right. my favorite guest, too. So, you <laughs> there know. you go. <laughs> All right, let's just get right into it this week, and we're going to talk about movies that take place in one day or one night. Metal Mike, kick us off with your list of your favorite movies that take place in one day. All right, well, number one, I have probably not just one of my favorite movies that take place in an entire day, but one of my all-time favorite Hitchcock movies. I put it right under Shadow of a Doubt and Vertigo, and that's Rope. 
Yes, I that's on my list too. For this film, yeah. yeah, I think it's fantastic. The fact that it obviously could have been a play—I think it may have been a play before it became a movie because it all takes place in one room. Yes, I believe it was a play actually. Yeah, I think you're right, Kane, and I just love it. The performances are great. James Stewart. I mean, how can you go wrong with Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, and I do know it was inspired by that one case uh, where these two dudes—they did—they did a thrill kill. And uh, ended up getting caught. And uh, just a great film. Yeah, that's my number one. That's a great one. And Hitchcock hated to shoot on location. So single sets were his favorite, just like Rear Window. Uh, really interesting that he can keep the suspense going and it never left one room. So that just shows you the, the brilliance of him. Well, not only that, he was also doing an experimental thing where I forget he was using bigger reels to where they could film longer scenes. Yes. And... Uh, I thought that was just really cool. I saw that on a whole auto, a, a, bi a biography or documentary, I should say, on Hitch, and it was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go next to DJ Kane. Well, funny enough, it's on my Uncle Mike's list, uh, but my favorite is probably Falling Down. Oh, absolutely. That's on my list, yeah. too. Uh, that's my number two, actually. <laughs> I think it's a phenomenal film. It's my favorite, all-time favorite Michael Douglas film. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I like uh, War of the Roses, and I love what you know, the romancing the stone, yeah. children, mm -hmm. those are all good <coughs> movies. But for me, for my money, this was his greatest performance. I absolutely love this movie. I mean, Robert Duvall was fantastic. And I felt sorry for the guy, even yeah. though he was fucked up. I couldn't help but yeah. feel sorry for him. And cause there's just points in that movie where if people had just left him the fuck alone, I don't think he would have went off on his nut. Like he did. Yeah. My number three would be clerks. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge, huge Kevin Smith fan. I kind of feel like me and him are kindred spirits, even though the man's never met me, but we were born in both the same year. We both love heavy metal music. Well, I mean, Kevin likes all kinds of music, to be fair, but he's he's a metalhead. Yep. And we're both comic book nerds. So it's like, first time I saw Clerks, I was like, whoa, this movie speaks for me. This movie is about me. I loved it, man. I thought it was fantastic. It's also very cool that it was in black and white, you know, for like a newer movie. Well, you know, he did that mainly because he had no choice. He financed that film completely himself. He maxed out the credit cards. That's right. Yeah. Everything. Sold his comic book collection. And black and white was cheaper. So that's why he opted to go that way. It wasn't because it was an artistic expression. It was just out of needs. But actually, it worked out perfectly because of it. Number, what, we're on number four now, right? Yep. Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah. We're all on the same page here. I picked all these two. <laughs> oh, I think you're going to like my list, bro. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Dazed and Confused, I love that movie. It's a total love letter to that era. You, you look at uh, that movie and just the time capsule and the music, and it, it was my childhood, you know, my young childhood. Um, I wouldn't say it was my formative years. Obviously, the 80s were my formative years. Very funny film, and I love how a lot of those actors went on to bigger and better things. Gotta love Dazed and Confused. Like I said, just a total love letter to that time period. And uh, I love it, man. What do you have next? Your all-time favorite movie, My Brother from Another Mother, Airplane. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I love this movie. What what can be said about Airplane? Yeah, it hasn't already awesome. been said. I mean, it's one of those... You well, know it started how, a whole, whole new subgenre of film. Yeah, That's right. The, 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 the spoof or parody film. I mean, it, it's, the, it's the first. Scary movie owes its existence to Airplane. 
Oh, and Naked yes. Gun and all those movies. Spaceballs, yeah. 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 Well, I thought that was always interesting because it was the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrams that did Airplane together, and then they split up. The Zucker brothers go on to do the Naked Gun series. Abrams goes on to do the Hot Shots movies. I loved them all. I thought they were all hilarious. Yeah. And, of course, you like you pointed out, Kane, you have the, the scary movies, and they've done superhero movies. They've done yeah, they a lot did, of them. were not that really good, really. But, superhero movie, uh, yeah, changed? they did. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. Uh, but you are right. I mean, it gave birth to an entire subgenre of filmmaking or whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah, Airplane the was the original slapstick. and the best. In yeah. my no, opinion. not slapstick. What is it called? Spoof. Spoof. Spoof, parody, <laughs> satire. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a great film. It, it's one of those movies, too. Like a while back, you'd ask me about movies I quote. We're always quoting airplanes. Oh, absolutely. All the time. Yeah. You know? All right. Number six. Yes. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's got to be on the list. Oh, it's got to be, man. It's, it's you know, it's one of those uh, quintessential 80s movies. I mean, you have certain films that were put out during that time period that, to me, encapsulate that decade. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is definitely one of those films, man. Without a doubt. Love Love it. Yep. Great movie. Matthew Broderick was great. What's the guy's name who plays Cameron? He was great. Yeah. Mia Sarah, which is interesting. I was just listening to your high school movies episode, Brian, and you guys had mentioned Mia Sarah and that you said the only movie you'd ever seen her in was Time Cop. There was another movie that she did that I actually love a lot. It's um, called Legend. Yeah. With Tom Cruise and Tim Curry, directed by uh, Ridley Scott. Yep. Yeah, I love that movie. But yeah, I don't even think she's acting anymore, man. I think she's just completely dropped out. Yeah, but man, what what a few what few movies she was in. Well, Time Cop not so much, even though I like it. But Ferris Bueller, yeah, hell, that's right. yeah. I mean, you're talking about films that kind of made their mark on cinema, man. I mean, yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a classic and will live forever. That's right. Though it's kind of like you know uh, the girl in Valley Girl, the main girl. She really wasn't in much after that. Or mm-hmm. even um, you, you saw just one of the guys that that cult classic from that eighties oh, movie. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's one of my dad's favorite movies. Yeah, and she really wasn't. Joyce Heiser wasn't really in much after that either. Die Hard. Yep. Uh, quintessential. Not just a great one day movie, but just a great film. Yeah. Um, I love it, and I do consider it a Christmas movie. And one of the things I, I got to be honest with you, I'm one of those guys, believe it or not, that was not a big Bruce Willis fan until I saw this movie. Yeah, you told me that. Uh, well, he did that show called Moonlighting, yep. which as I've gotten older, I have a lot more appreciation for. But at the time, I, I didn't like his character. He was a fucking smart ass, smug motherfucker, and I didn't like him. So I thought this guy. It's going to be a fucking tough guy? Really? Like, I was very skeptical, but my friends kept telling me about how great it was. So I finally checked it out, and I was just blown away. I mean, not only is it a great action flick, but just a great performance by Bruce. Like the part where, you know, the villain played awesomely by um, Alan Rickman, yeah, yeah, which I love him, man. He's And it's just a great film, great dialogue. It's funny in parts. It's serious in parts. It's got plenty of action. Probably one of the greatest action films ever made. One of them, yeah. yeah. All right, what's next on the list, guys? Harold and Kumar go to White <laughs> Of course. Instant classic. <laughs> this movie was hilarious. I love it. I've seen it several times. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris stole the show. Uh, following that, uh, number nine, The Breakfast Club. That's uh, absolutely got to be What can list. I say about this movie? This movie was a, a big deal. I mean, because I was at that age, man. It just, I, I was right there at that perfect age when this movie came out. And I still to this day love that movie. I think the, the cast was great. 
the the dialogue was great the acting john hughes direction was seamless it's just a uh, an amazing film um the goonies number 10 yeah uh, definitely gotta give the goonies some love i mean you got a lot of great um interaction with the characters josh brolin man was in that movie sean astin was in that movie uh a lot of child actors really Corey which Feldman. i know will be a future episode that's right <laughs> went on to bigger and better things yeah. you know so uh love the goonies and uh uh, Joe Pantoliano was hilarious in it with the brothers. And then, of course, that sweet – apparently in real life was the sweetest lady you'd ever want to meet. But th- what was their names? The Ficellis? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, the Fratellis Mom were – yeah. was great. I and I remember. love her in Throw Mama from the Exactly, Trans. exactly. She What a <laughs> what an actress. She definitely right, had that typecasted. Right. Yeah, I love Throw Mama. Owen doesn't have any friends. No, he's fat and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who played Sloth? No, I don't. So he's an ex-Oakland Raider. He, he, he passed away, but it was John Matuzak. No way. Yeah, that was John Matuzak. awesome. Yeah. That makes me love him even more. I know. And what were you going to say, Ken? Well, another movie that I think belongs in the list. I'm not entirely sure it takes place that day, but I think it does. And that's Jumanji. Oh, that's Jumanji. a good Yeah, that's, that's a good yeah, pick. Yeah, I think you're right, Ken. Yeah, they'd be on my list especially, man. Yeah. Well, I... I just has Robin Williams in it, man. And well, who don't fucking like, if you yeah. don't love Robin Williams, there's something wrong. With that's you. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, honorable mentions. These are my honorable mentions. Uh, Groundhog Day, yeah. Adventures in Babysitting with one of the loves of my life, Elizabeth Shue. Yep. Dread. The mm-hmm. ori- not the original Judge. Judge just Dread. Yeah, yeah. Twelve Angry Men. Absolutely. American Graffiti. Dog Day Afternoon. Escape from New York. Night of the Living Dead. Training Day. And Doctor Strange Love. Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Any one of those films could be in a lot of different categories, obviously. But I felt like, well, they count. They all take place within a 24-hour period. So I threw them on there. Awesome. As always, thank you so much, Metal Mike. And thank you, DJ Kane. All right, man. Thanks for having us on, Brian. You All right. Will. Yeah. Keep rocking and stay metal, brother. Okay, we're back with loser producer Lindley. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. So happy this to be week, back. I'm, I can tell. I just it's like <laughs> it's like going to the dentist to try to get you to come to this point. You know, it's pulling teeth. I like the dentist. No, Do you? I'm just kidding. No, I don't. <laughs> you well, then you should love this. I interview. like the dentist when I don't have any work done. It's fine. Yeah, it's just a routine checkup. Just or, a cleaning and a checkup. Right. Totally fine. Yeah. I, I'm always amazed about people that are like totally mortified by going to the dentist. Like just for a checkup? Yeah. They just don't like Maybe to Maybe it's on. the fear of having to do something. I always heard that dentists have the highest suicide rate too. Oh my God. That's very tragic. Because your whole like life is non... this little hole. <laughs> I know, but it seems so um, not tragic right like you're just fixing you're doing good you're fixing people's teeth nobody is going to be like dying i mean i guess some people could die at the dentist but it'd be pretty rare yeah but there you go very strange this is why we have you on because you never know (laughs) so (laughs) for this week's subject um your favorite movies that take place in one day or one night one day i can only think of one okay What, what is it it's called the day trippers i've never heard of it based is it like kind of based on the beatles song or no Maybe. I don't okay. think so. I think it's just the terminology. Day so trippers. When did it come out and what is it? About? I would say the late nineties. Okay. I think I think specifically ninety seven. Um it's I've an never independent heard of it. oh really? Yeah. Independent film Hope Davis. I'm yeah. Lee of Schreiber, Parker Posey. It's kind of like that that heyday of you indie love those, films those with those actors. actors. I do like all those actors. I mean, sort of. Um Parker Posey is more uh 
I don't know. She's interesting. She's so disturbing. I really did love Hope Davis at the time. Hope Davis was kind of like the indie it girl. She was in a lot of indie films. Then. She was in Next Stop Wonderland. Okay. And she actually was in a movie oh, yeah. like in the late 80s or the early 90s. And she was very young. I mean, I think she even played a teenager. She's blonde? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, she's blonde. Oh, she's American Splendor. Yeah, I'm with... Um, yeah, she's really pretty. Very, very... Um, who does she look like? She kind of looks like... Um, yeah, that's what yeah. Davis. I mean, kind of like your typical pretty blonde. Yeah. Next Stop Wonderland is another... That's a mm -hmm. movie she was in that's really good. And I can't remember the name of the movie she was in in the late 80s. Oh, she was in About Schmidt? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. She's I think she never, like, she never crossed over fully. I think she then, oh, she kind of fizzled out. Where is she today? I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's a good question. So, well, I'm glad we brought her up. This is why we have damn good movie memories. <laughs> we have no idea what happened to her. What so, happened to Hope? So what I'm is, sure she's like, in some TV show that I'm It looks like she was in uh, a Marvel movie with uh, Captain America and Iron Man. So. Probably, yeah. Um, okay, so... Day what Trippers, what is it about? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I mean, I think it's her husband. She finds out or suspects her husband is having an affair. Mm -hmm. So then she goes, like, with her whole family. They trek into New York for the day, and then, you know, hijinks ensue. So it's Looking a for her husband to confront him. Yeah, okay. it, yeah. I would say definitely a comedy. Not yeah. even a black comedy. It's pretty mm -hmm. Comedy drama, I mean, some drama. I mean, yeah, just the dynamics of the parents taking her. And I think her, I think Parker Posey's her sister, mm -hmm. and her sister's boyfriend is Leif Schreiber. So, yeah, that's just the. That's Parker the, Posey was the, super the funny back in the day. Like, yeah, she and that I kind loved of crazy, her in Party yeah. Girl. She still is really weird, yeah. right? Um, did you see that? that Lost in Space remake. No. It's a Netflix remake, Lost in Space. So she basically plays Dr. Smith. I oh, mean, really? Her name is Dr. Smith, but she's playing Dr. Like, right. just a bad, you know, well, I just a bad character. I loved her in Best in Show. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. She's just, amazing at Best in Show. And uh, she even had a bit, she was, she was super bitchy in Days and Confused. Oh, yeah, She was yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. senior. Yeah. The, yeah. But she's been in so many things and she's just great as that. Yeah, she was also kind of like the indie. Yeah. The indie girl, mm -hmm. it girl at that time, kind of at the same time mm -hmm. as Hope Davis, I would say. So any other movies that... No, I don't remember any other movies that took place in a day. I mean, that, you know, that's the first thing that came to mind. Well, that's all we wanted. When you said that, so it was right top of my mind. I didn't research it. I didn't ask you to do a ton. Time. I just need to get you on the podcast. <laughs> and so nobody else, I don't think, is going to pick this. So this is great. It's probably an obscure film. Yeah. yeah. It's not. But it's really enjoyable. I would recommend it. Well, thank you. have a couple of hours. You've been upgraded to Super Producer Winley again. Thank you so much. I came up with Okay. All right, we're back with Samantha, and she's melting because we're in the hottest room ever. So we'll see how this episode goes. How are you? Good. So. Haven't been on here in a little while. I know, but we're going to. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah, because we skipped Westerns and courtroom movies because those aren't your go to. Those are not my go to's. You can't get me to watch a courtroom anything. I know. So, but at least for this, movies that take place in one day or one night, this seemed to be a little bit more up your alley. Yeah, I think because these movies, they cover lots of genres, which mm -hmm. I've discovered when I was researching for this, and yeah, it's a cool subject. I think I might have talked about a couple of these oh, on really? previous episodes. Mm -hmm. um, well, we have almost 120 episodes now, so this is good, so repeating is okay. <laughs> know, it's crazy. <laughs> so, let's see. I don't know, should I start with... Like something that's 
an older classic or a foreign movie? What do you want to hear? <laughs> this is right up your alley. I have a few. Okay, let's, let's few. do exactly what you said. Let's start with the oldest movie first, and okay. then we'll work our way through. So I think the oldest one I chose, um, and I am pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. and edit, edit this out okay. if I'm wrong, but I was looking it up, and I think... Arsenic and Old Lace is all in a day. That seems about right. I think you're right. Because it's just the those exploits. Yeah. All happened. Like I don't remember on... them. Like, yeah, no, I think I think that counts. Yeah, it was on a list. <laughs> <laughs> you found it. On... Okay, then we'll, we'll give it to you. Because <laughs> I, yeah, it wasn't the first one that came to mind, but it's one of my favorite Cary Grant movies. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second, I think so. Um, and I know I've talked about it on this mm -hmm. episode before, but I wanted to give it a shout out because if it is something that happened in one day. Well, that and it's, I believe, Lin Lee's favorite Cary Grant movie, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it's basically about um, Cary Grant. He plays a writer. Mm -hmm. This was made in, like, the early 40s. Um, I think it's based on a play. I could be wrong. Um, but... Yeah, it basically happened. It, it's about these. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a dark comedy, mm -hmm. and then there's some like murders. Yeah, <laughs> and it's very so, screwball. Which yeah, is a it's thing. funny, yeah. and Cary Grant kind of gets stuck gets stuck in the middle all of all of this nonsense because um, he is in love with this woman, yeah. and then he gets involved with everything. Um, Who is the actress's name? I'm actress. looking it up right yeah. now. Her name's Priscilla Lane. Yes. I yes. don't know what else she's ever been in. The, her family is kind of crazy. And it's just a really fun little, like, screwball. I like screwball, as you said. But I yeah. I called it, I, I say dark, dark comedy. <laughs> well, that's yeah. back then, screwball comedies were kind of yeah. like bringing up baby yeah. and, and stuff like that. She was in uh, Priscilla Lane. She was in The Roaring Twenties with James, Cag James Cagney. And I don't know if that's the famous where he pushed the grapefruit in the woman's face, that oh. that scene. I don't know if that was her or not, but that's that's one of the famous films. And Saboteur, which was also, that's an early Hitchcock film. Yeah. Yeah, so she was in oh, that too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, it's a really fun movie, and it, it just kind of follows... I, I him and then yeah they get married and then he goes to like meet her family and i think it's in this like creepy house yeah, yeah. that's what i remember most about the, the house. movie was like the house yeah. and the setting um which i told you is why it's it was probably a play first because mm -hmm. it really doesn't yeah it was it mm -hmm. was and so it's just a it's Poor, yeah, poor Cary Grant is just trying to <laughs> yeah, get by it's true he thought oh i'm getting married and now it's like there's bodies. That's right, all over the place. <laughs> stuff. So yeah, I want to rewatch it because I didn't ever watch it. I I didn't notice at the time that it was like a one day thing. Mm -hmm. But I think the majority of the plot just takes place in like one evening. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, no, I seem to remember then, that too. Yeah, someone gets like a the cops show up at the end mm -hmm. and everything. So yeah, that's, that's a my great very, pick. My very poor summary. Yeah. But, <laughs> Just had to mention it. Bottom but. line, go see the movie, too, because it's yeah, really it's, worth your it's time. Yeah, it's really fun. And 
There is an interesting thing. I, I just read that Cary Grant thought it was like his worst performance really? ever, one of his worst performances, but it's one of my favorites because it was when he was still pretty young yeah. and he wasn't playing like the suave, mm -hmm. like kind of funny guy. Yeah. He was a little more like bumbling and dorky. Well, that's why I really liked him in Bringing Up Baby because that's mm -hmm. exactly how he is mm -hmm. in there. And, and yeah. Catherine Hepburn's the one that's all over the place. I mean, he's just trying to reel her in. So, yeah. yeah. So what is the foreign film? So the foreign one, um, you've probably never heard of this. No, probably not, but that's but why, I have, why you have me on. Yeah. It, is a, it is a cool movie. If mm -hmm. you want to watch something that is more of like a visual experience mm -hmm. and not, it's not plot driven at all really, okay. but it's a cool movie. It's called Cleo from 5 to 7. Okay. And it's one of the like landmark French New Wave movies. So it came out in 1962, okay. and it um, was made by this director, her name's Agnes Varda, mm. and she's actually still making movies. Oh, wow. She's very old yeah. now, and she was a really well-known director in France at the time, like in that world, and she's made movies consistently about very strange things. Often they're about like society and documentary-esque, oh, okay. so they're not your traditional like film mm -hmm. with like a cast and a storyline. They're kind of these like real-life movies. Now, how did you get into her? Um, so I saw one of her movies in college first, mm -hmm. and that's when I uh, heard about her. Got it. Got um, and then I've seen a few movies. I think she even made a movie like last year. Oh, wow. And it was nominated like at the Oscars uh -huh. and stuff even. So um, for this movie, it's just one day or is yes. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this film, it could be her first, is it? No, it's not her first movie. Um, but it is, this one is like a, it ha, it, it's a more of a traditional movie than some of her more like modern. Okay. Uh -huh. And so it's about a woman, um, her name's Cleo and mm -hmm. she lives this very fancy life in Paris and, um, and she, the whole movie is basically her waiting to hear test results mm -hmm. from the doctor. Okay. So it's kind of like a countdown of the clock mm. in a way. So you just see her kind of going about her day and like she sees her friends. And so we don't know what's wrong with her either. No. Okay. No. So at the beginning, um, well, maybe we do. Uh, it's been a few years since I saw this, but you know that she's waiting to hear from her doctor mm -hmm. and um, to see if she has cancer or not. Okay. So eventually she does find out Okay. Um, at the end, but it's this really cool feeling of a movie because you kind of know this big thing at the beginning and then nothing really happens in between. So, so it, it's almost like you're experiencing with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's a short movie, um, and I think it actually takes its real time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just looking up the details here, but it I didn't remember the exact times. But it starts with her, yeah, it starts at 5 p.m., mm -hmm. and then she has to wait until 6.30. Oh, okay. So, and really the movie's only like a little over an, an hour. hour and a half, yeah. So mm -hmm. it aligns, and um, it's... A very pretty movie and like she goes and tries on clothes and like hats and all this <laughs> so stuff. So this is right up your alley. But it, it's yeah. very like sad at the same time because mm -hmm. you know something's something happening. something's going to happen yeah. and there's a bit of action and some weird like like weird references to other things. Mm. Like movies during this time period were very much into like politics and yeah. like social 
issues. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and then, oh, I forgot about this. There's a really cool little um, bit in the middle. It's a silent film. Oh. Like, so, it, it's again, it's not a traditional movie. There's, mm -hmm. like, weird little artsy moments, but it, there's, like, a silent movie within this movie, um, and then the, uh, the director, Jean-Luc Godard, makes an appearance. Ah, okay. And then, so, because all these people were friends yeah. during that time. Yeah, so that was, like, a moment in the movie, and mm -hmm. there's stuff about, like... Um, Algerian war and mm. existentialism, mm -hmm. but it's a really neat movie, and yeah, again, it's kind of like this real time, just an evening. Yeah. Um, well, if you didn't why, know, yeah. Samantha always gives great recommendations, <laughs> so I always I always go and and watch the movies you recommend. So this is this is good because nobody has recommended this. Yeah, and yeah. it's that's why. So it's called Cleo from five to seven okay. because it's really her day from like five to right. seven and. It's probably on, you can probably even find it on YouTube. Yeah. But it's a really cool, unique movie, mm -hmm. and it's just nice to look at, and you don't really have to pay attention. Yeah. But. No, great. <laughs> no, good pick, because this is what this podcast is about. Are there any other ones that you came up with? I did. Um, I also briefly wanted to talk about Rope. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, definitely. The Hitchcock example. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only movie of his that fits into this. Yeah, because he definitely has movies that take place in a room, just like Rear Window. Yeah. Um, or one place. But this is, yeah, it's literally all basically one night and mm -hmm. uh, all in one room. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was doing some research about it, and they actually, there's, you can read, well, I'm just on Wikipedia, yeah. but you can read more <laughs> details about it. But you, it was, he wanted it to look like it was filmed in one take. Yes. But yeah. Technically, they couldn't at the time, mm -hmm. so he had to film, like, long takes yeah. and then pause. So it still looks like it's all in one, but yeah. they do have to, like, move around. And it's cool. On Wikipedia, they have a little chart that tells you when, like, the segments take place. That's great. Yeah, it's... It is. There are shots there where you can definitely tell. I mean, it's it's one shot. Like, mm -hmm. and it goes for a long time, yeah. too. So those but are difficult. I think that's kind of my... One of the coolest things I like about this type of movie, when it's such a short time yeah. period they take place, yeah. when you can also film it in a way where it looks like real time. Yeah. Like if it's a movie that takes place in just one night, and mm -hmm. it feels like it really is just one it's night. It's going on, Not yeah. that they you know, filmed it over a month. Exactly. It's all, it feels more authentic. Um, and Hitchcock was notorious for not wanting to do a lot of, uh, you know, um, on-site um, yeah. shooting and things like that. So this totally fit his type of uh, film style. Yeah, but Rope, it's not one of my preferred Hitchcock movies. Mm -hmm. When I saw it for the first time, I was just kind of... And you don't really like Jimmy Stewart either. And bored. He's fine. Okay, yeah. He's nice. But he's not one of your favorites. He's not. I know. I yeah. know. He's a good actor. Mm -hmm. His voice always kind of bothers yeah, 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 he does kind of have a Mr. Robert Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... The plot was cool, and I like, again, how um, kind of like Arsenic and Old Lace mm -hmm. has kind of like a play feel to it. Oh, this so. definitely does. Yeah. And it's definitely dark, it's, mm -hmm. and it has comedic yeah, elements so to it. Yeah, they're very similar. You could yeah. definitely do a double header. You could watch Rope and Arsenic and in One Lace in One Night. There you go. That'd be a fun one. Mm -hmm. um, and then I do want to briefly just mention two more movies. Sure. I've talked about these before on the series, but... 
modern, more modern movies is the the before Sunrise yes. Sunset yeah. mm -hmm. duo. I have not seen the third in the trilogy. I've talked about that before. <laughs> I just it doesn't interest me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are like quintessential one. This is just a moment in these people's lives, right? And they're romantic dramas. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. They have three movies that'll basically take place in one day. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. They're all yeah. they all have the same idea. So the two people meet or reunite, and then they spend time together, and then they leave. Yeah. Um, at least the first two mm -hmm. so the ones I've seen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the first one is. The more more of a classic because mm -hmm. it really was a special movie. Yeah. But I really do like the second the second one. Um, it was filmed in Paris. Mm -hmm. and I'm a weird francophile, yeah. so <laughs> anything that's filmed in Paris, I'll watch. It. That's right. That's um, right. But yeah, the they're great movies because I just like the conversation feels really natural and mm -hmm. they just kind of go on with the day and. So, do, will you ever watch the third one, or are you just like maybe? Yeah, yeah. I probably will. Mm -hmm. I think what happened is when it came out, I missed it, mm -hmm. and then I just never got around to it. And then I read that it was just like about like a marriage falling apart, and, and it right. sounded yeah. sad. Yeah, I like the first two because the first one is like these strangers meet on a train, right. and then they have a day together and it's kind of like a cute beginning to a romance and then the second movie is about they haven't seen each other in like 10 almost 10 years and um they reunite briefly mm -hmm. but yeah then the third one they is like oh they ended up getting yeah. married and then it all fell apart yeah so yeah i didn't want to see that Got it. <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather keep the two happy ones so maybe two yeah. murder movies and then just finish it off with uh after sunset right yeah, yeah. <laughs> before before sunrise and before right. sunset yeah. so before sunrise it takes place in like the evening and, and night time. oh got it that's okay. why it's called before sunrise got because it. they meet before sunrise right and then before sunset is they spend the day together mm -hmm. so yeah and then yeah. And then it all falls yeah. apart. Yeah. And I think the third one is before midnight. Before midnight. So okay. I guess that's happening at night time. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's the last one? That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. Those we're, are great. We hit on five. Awesome. One, two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five movies. All right. Well, we're melting here. So thank you again. Thanks. We're back with my other brother, Brian. Welcome back. Hello. hello. <laughs> so we're going to talk about movies that take place in either one day or one night but within a 24-hour time frame. And so th there's actually more movies than you think that, that yeah, do this. Yeah, there's quite a lot. And yeah. It's hard to narrow down, and I don't have a top five list. I have okay. more, probably like top ten almost. Do so whatever you need, yeah. So uh, again, in no order, because I'm tired of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. ordering, I order lists for a living, so sometimes I just don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, I, I totally understand where you come from on that. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So first on my list uh, is Run, Lola, Run. Which is oh uh, yeah, that's a really underrated. I forgot that, about like, this. Ninety nine. Yeah. It was like late nineties or early two thousands. Uh, German movie, mm -hmm. um, but it's very action oriented. So if you're a little bit turned off by subtitles, you don't have to read too much. No, no, that's true. Um, it's kind of a thriller movie, and the the, the catch is that it's um, it's repeated three times, but every every variation is um, it's kind of like if she picked a different path, she, her life would change a yeah. different way. So. It has to do with her getting a phone call 
from her boyfriend who needs, you know, is in trouble with some uh, drug dealer guys because mm-hmm. he didn't bring the money on time. He was like a bag man. He lost, he yeah. lost the bag <laughs> on the train or something or it got stolen. So then she's got to go run, like get money for like basically like rob a bank or something and bring him money or he's right. going to die. So um, he's got, she's got to run like, like she has like literally, yeah. <laughs> literally. So she's got like 20 minutes to, I think it's like 20 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. time. And so it's almost takes place in real time as well. Not yeah. only just within one day, but like it's almost a real time movie. And then, you know, after the first one, it ends a certain way and then it repeats and then she does something slightly different. Right. And then the third time is like the final. And it, the movie doesn't necessarily say that the any any particular ending was the right one. Mm-hmm. And maybe you, you kind of assume that the last one is just because it's maybe... It's the, the end. The, yeah. It's the last <laughs> one and it's maybe the happiest, but um, the... I don't know. It's just a really creative, clever movie, and you don't you don't see many like that. No. How did you discover it? Um, I think just some friends told me about it, and or maybe I saw a preview of it. Probably, I think I went to go see some movie at a like an independent movie house. Yeah, it's like an art house. And, type theory, and yeah. the this was a preview in front of it. And oh, like, oh, okay. It's really cool. So mm-hmm. I, I eventually watched it. It was great. Yeah, I saw. It on, I own. I own a copy. Oh, okay, it's cool. Really, I saw it on DVD. Ex girlfriend of mine was like way into it, and then yeah. she's the one that introduced it to me. I would have never seen it, so I'm yeah, glad you wouldn't know. It. You yeah. wouldn't know it. Um, yeah, Franca Patente is mm-hmm. the. Um, the actress and she's great yeah she, she was in one of the born movies too i think the first or second one you're right you're right the love interest or <laughs> i remember <laughs> when yeah. i saw her like in that movie i'm like yeah. oh yeah there's yeah, lola, there's lola. <laughs> <laughs> good pick yeah thanks yeah all right so um next is groundhog day yeah the ultimate one day movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same day over yeah. and over and over uh i don't know it's just a comedy classic i think and maybe I think it's my wife. Someone I can't. I'm trying to remember, and I, I feel bad for not remembering if it was my wife. But she, I think she has a hard she time. Doesn't listen anyway. So yeah. <laughs> she does sometimes. Oh, good. <laughs> Lisa, I'm sorry if, I, if you told me this and I forgot. Um, someone was well, saying she has to now. I played yeah, the Grateful I'll, Dead for she her. Loved, you know? She loved that you did that. Good. She loves the dead. Awesome. So, <laughs> she. So uh, someone told me. I think it was Lisa that. Uh, that I, she just finds this movie a little bit uncomfortable because hmm. she doesn't like the like the cringy humor in it sometimes, and the fact that it repeats over and over is a little bit annoying. But and some people me, say like he's manipulative, like he's yeah, doing this like not necessarily for his own, not for the good of everyone, but he's his own gain. Maybe yeah, you know? I mean yeah. he's definitely trying to win at his own gain. Although right. I think I think by the end I think there's enough in it that it seems like he's doing genuine. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of genuine. I mean he is getting a lot of benefit out of it himself mm-hmm. maybe that's what's trying to say like you benefit when you help others I don't exactly. know. it's very i think i think the ending is ultimately altruistic but sure. yeah for most of the time it's just him being super selfish yeah. and <laughs> increasing that and then yeah feeling figuring out how to uh, manipulate you know this kind of time loop that he's in right get things to his advantage mm-hmm. and then that backfires as well so i don't know it's just a it's a bill murray classic it's great yeah, and really oh, ahead of its time and quirky for especially for a, a late eighties, early nineties movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's and, one I actually saw twice in the theater. I think. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. It's really... I always I just laugh. Phil, Phil, you know the the, the one annoying <laughs> yeah. salesman. Yeah, <laughs> <they're admired. laughs> yeah. All right. So next, I have a duo of Die Hard and Die Hard Two. Ah, yes. And yeah. this probably could be on our. We did the other podcast in mm-hmm. workplaces. So <laughs> that, that's a good point. Yeah, well, it's not really his workplace, but. 
it is a workplace movie. Yeah, nowadays it's like kind of maybe more uh, prevalent now with right. the hostage oh, situation geez. than anything. Yeah. But, so yeah, yeah, so I don't know. These are, I mean, classic action movies with Bruce Willis. Do you consider it a Christmas movie, the first one? The first one I don't just because it's barely, like it's a Christmas party and you can yeah. understand that, but I don't think of it as like, it's in LA for crying yeah. out loud. If it were in maybe New York or Chicago where there was snow outside and that had yeah. something to do with the movie, maybe. Maybe. Or there were more Christmas decorations somehow used <laughs> in the plot. I just don't consider it a Christmas movie. Here's a fun way. Here's a fun trivia. The guy that's doing Coke in Die Hard One, who's mm-hmm. kind of the obnoxious guy. Did you ever see Supergirl? The um, the movie with Helen Slater. Yeah, I saw it a long time. That's ago. the guy in it that's uh, constantly falling in love with Supergirl oh, and everything. So yeah, I was like, why have I seen this guy? I'm like, yep, <laughs> so that's, that's the, the cokehead from Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. We dig what deep a, here. What, what yeah. a great career that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, Die Hard is my favorite, but Die Hard Two I think is probably my second favorite of the really? whole Die Hard instead of three. Yeah, I don't. Mm. I like Samuel L. Jackson a lot, but I I don't know. I didn't love that they brought Hans' the brother. brother back. Mm. I didn't think that was a great idea. Okay. I kind of like four better than three with Justin Long. Four is underrated. I like yeah. it. And five is terrible. I so, never yeah, saw five yeah. on purpose. Five is like bad. the Rocky Five of Die yeah. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe if I were a kid, when I, I watched Rocky Five a lot, but yeah. yes. Um, Eventually, when we do Rocky Five, you'll be on. Right, we gotta comment yeah. on how bad that movie is. <laughs> no, but, but it, I, you yeah, actually appreciate I did, it. I appreciate it, but yeah. it was bad. It was yeah. like a you know love to hate it kind of movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Die Hard Two I like a lot. I, that was a fr- I didn't see Die Hard in the theater. I was too young. My mm-hmm. parents didn't want me, me to see. It was like too violent, too violent yeah. at the time. Although I saw it later on video, and I think it it probably lost something from that. Because mm. um, I don't know, it's a cool movie to see on the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I did see Die Hard Two in the theater. I was in, probably in high school or something, so mm-hmm. it was old enough that you know my mom would buy me tickets and let me go. You know, yeah. with my friends. So that was good. Um, and that that one I think of more as a Christmas movie. Really? Oh yeah. Just because it is in the snow and it has to, there's a lot to do with the snow. Yeah. But yeah, it's not. It's, not the, really, it's the airport diehard, right? The airport. Yeah. Diehard, yeah. Exactly. And the yeah, so yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a, a group of movies that are all kind of of a theme where it's all kind of teens hanging out. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Absolutely. Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. American Graffiti. Yeah. Dazed and Confused, yep. and Super Bad. So all these take place in either like over a day or within one night. Yeah. It's like a, a whole bunch of misadventures mm-hmm. that, that teens have. I think, different eras, yeah. too. you got the 80s and the 60s and 70s. 70s. Yeah. yeah, so. Well, I think Ferris Bueller, I mean, that's my number one. I mean, it, has, yeah, I mean, it, just, yeah. it says day in the day, title. Exactly. So, yeah. It's like the easiest one. That yeah. Like, but again, it's, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it a million times on this podcast, but it is one, it might be John Hughes' best for my yeah yeah. i probably would agree with that yeah it's my favorite of of his for sure yeah and it might be his favorite too yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, ferris is a great character Mm -hmm. although kind of a jerk but yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. as a kid you know he was a lot of fun but i think yeah i probably identify more with cameron now oh yeah yeah. totally (laughs) than ferris yeah yeah you're just being dragged along (laughs) exactly exactly but you have fun in the end yeah you still appreciate ferris so yeah, that's all. I don't know if I have any other comments about any of those. They're all great movies, yeah. and classics, and you know, I hope you will check them out if you haven't seen any of those already. Yeah, I mean, if you're probably, younger, you might not have seen. Yeah, them. you might not have seen American Graffiti. So that one's worth it because it's it was made in the '70s, but it was about the late '50s, where it was basically early '60s, yeah, or, mm-hmm. or early '60s when uh, George Lucas was in high school. Yeah, kind of like wanted grew to up in make, Modesto. Modesto, so mm-hmm. he kind of wanted to make a kind of a. It almost plays like a documentary as well. So yeah, he, he kind of wanted to. To re, you know, recreate his his teen years, yeah, like cruising around the town. Mm-hmm. 
hanging out with his buds. So and fun fun trivia on this one. One of uh, it might have been Harrison Ford's first movie. He's, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he has a kind of a cameo in that one. Yeah, he's kind of a badass. Yeah, yeah, and, and you barely see his face. I mean, yeah. most of the time. So Bob Falfa. Yeah, kind of oh, that, the, there the you go. Nemesis. Uh, yeah, to one of the one of the characters. Actually. One of the main hot rod guy who's basically hanging around with Mackenzie Phillips. Yeah, not by choice. But yeah, he just kind of stumbled <laughs> just upon her. But it's fun to honor there. But <laughs> very young Suzanne Summers, who's the, oh, the blonde yeah, and, that uh, Richard Dreyfuss keeps trying Cindy to. Cindy Williams in that. Cindy, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Richard Ron Frank. Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. And um, Toad. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. or, he's a Toad, yeah. He is um, God, what's his name? He's got three names. Um, he was in Never Cry Wolf. He was in the Buddy Holly story. Yeah. You know him. He's um, got glasses. And, yeah, and yeah. he was in uh, Untouchables, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a really good character. Ah, uh, darn it. Yeah, I forget his name. But yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah. There's a really... Uh, well done movie, and actually, this is one where I can do the soundtrack for. Yeah, that's a, to do it's this a one. great, yeah, <laughs> great sound. Is I, yeah, I have it. It's a double album, so yeah. it's all these fifties hits. Perfect. Yeah, Wolfman Jacks on it. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, <laughs> who's in the movie too? Yeah, the movie it kind of is like a. It's just like a soundtrack playing over their lives. Exactly. It's all in one night, right before the main characters are going off to college. Right. It's, I don't know, it's great. which is why they should have never made a sequel because oh they God. do give you yeah. what happens in the end. <laughs> that's like they yeah, and then they make a sequel. That's time, yeah, terrible. Let's cash in. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. please don't. Awful. <laughs> Never see that. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. That's my list. Awesome. Thanks. As always. Thanks, Brian. All right. It's been a while, but she's back, and we're happy to have her back. And it's Rachel. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. So we're going to talk about movies that take place in one day or one night, but it has to be within a 24-hour period. Okay. And you came up with two movies, I think. Yes, I did. Okay. And uh, let's see if it's in the common picks, but we'll, we'll see. This should be an interesting one. I think one of them is, and one of them might not be. They're very different movies, I've realized. Mm -hmm. But the first one I wanted to talk about was, uh, it came out a couple of years ago. It was Southside With You. I haven't heard of this. Yeah, it was the movie about how uh, Barack and Michelle Obama's first date. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so who are the actors that, uh, that portrayed them? Tika Sumter was... Obama, or no, it was Michelle Obama, okay. uh -huh. and then, uh, what was his name, Parker, the guy who played Obama was really good, mm -hmm. um, what was his name, Parker Sawyers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. I saw, I saw the movie on a date, uh -huh. um, but it was really funny because people, other people in the theater didn't know that it, the whole movie was one day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so, but when it ended, they were surprised. They were like, wait, where's the rest of the movie? <laughs> and then they realized they've just spent, you know, an hour and a half or whatever watching one, one right. day. Under. So is it a true story or is it ba got loosely based on? Uh, I think it's mostly true. Okay. I think it's, I mean, it's largely based on how they, their first date. Mm -hmm. And But I don't know if specific details, which specific details are true right. or not. So how did they meet? Like, were they, was this in college or is it? Yeah, they were, or, um... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the short answer is yes. They met yes. in college. Uh, Brock was working at a law firm, and Michelle was a lawyer at the firm. Okay. I think. At least that's how it is in the movie. So she was higher up in the in the uh, yes in the law firm. Okay. Yeah, she was the supervisor in mm -hmm. the in the at least in the movie. Interesting. So where did they go for their first date? They went... Yeah. <laughs> you can't cover your <laughs> mouth when you're doing a podcast. Mouth. Right. <laughs> uh, I, they went to an art center mm -hmm. and then uh, a community meeting where Brock was giving a speech and that was like kind of a climactic part in the movie. Got it. And then they go see Do the Right Thing. Oh, okay. So this is 1988? Nine. Or 89? Yeah. 89. Okay. And then they go get ice cream. 
There you go, like a traditional movie day. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, but it was a sweet movie. I, yeah. I really liked it. And the performance, it was really well acted. The performances were really good. Mm-hmm. And because it's just two people hanging out day, yeah. you know, in a, in a day, it feels very, like, uh, pleasant, mm-hmm. I guess. Because there's only so much conflict that can come up in one event. Right. And the, in, if that event is a date, it's sort of like... There's not too much like farce or weird silly right. stuff that happens. It's just like a nice movie of mm-hmm. people spending time with each other, and it was just it's it's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. nice and pleasant. Was sweet. So. Do you know how long they dated before they actually got married? No, okay. not off the top of my head. All right, mm-hmm. well, we'll have the crack research staff come back and, and do that. <laughs> okay, so what is the other one? Uh, Twelve Angry Men. Oh, interesting. Okay, yep. so you have seen this? I have seen this. Okay, I saw it in high school mm-hmm. in my AP government class. We watched. Oh, so it had to be a school of, thing. Yeah. yeah, we watched watched a lot of movies. Uh, my teacher in that class was really funny. After we watched an episode of The Simpsons every week that like related <laughs> to government uh-huh. topics, uh-huh. Um, and then we also watched kind of classic historical historically significant movies. For okay. The so Twelve Angry Men, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, mm-hmm. um, Doctor Strange Love, <laughs> things like that. You should have watched Inherit the Wind, which was uh, the Monkey Scopes trial. So actually, I think I watched that. And yeah, but then again, I watched Tomb. They showed us Tombstone, which is about the Old West. So <laughs> yes, different different eras. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's uh, Twelve Angry Men. Uh, really interesting yeah. to see how the jury system works. Yeah, and I thought it was. It, because of a, I think it's the case with a lot of these movies that take place in a very short period of time, they kind of feel more like a play yeah. when you're watching them oh, because totally. it's all one act basically, yeah. um, or at least in this movie, it was Southside with you has different scenes and stuff, so mm-hmm. it feels more like a movie. But Twelve Angry Men is like a bottle episode kind of a thing. It's yes. just them in the room and uh, just the watching everything unfold the way it did, and it was phenomenally acted and yeah too is was just so riveting mm-hmm. and normally i'm not the type of person who's that interested in seeing a movie about 12 white dudes talking yeah. right? <laughs> and black and white yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i don't yeah. mind the black and white part but it's just but you know it, it was an interesting slice of culture i guess it would be interesting to see how it would be done now with maybe a more yeah and now you served jury. on a jury before twice okay and you've been in the deliberation room and once yeah. okay because i was an alternate the second the time. other one yeah yeah so yeah it is fascinating it is pretty true to how it goes i mean you there will be times when you're basically having to do a cell job mm-hmm. to get a unanimous decision with you know, a bunch of people you don't know with a bunch of people you don't know but yeah. you you basically it is very interesting. It's it. I don't want to call it speed dating, but it's like you you really <laughs> develop a relationship with certain people. Yeah, quickly. I, the the jury bond is real because yeah. you're all unified in your general annoyance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, unwillingness to be there. Yeah. Um. The first time I was on a jury, I was 19 and uh or 18. It was my after my first su- summer. It was my first summer home from college. I was 19. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it was fine because I was unemployed that summer. I wasn't doing anything. And it was only half days because it was a civil case. Mm-hmm. And at the particular courthouse I was in, civil cases are Monday through Thursday from like 8.30 to 1. Mm, okay. Uh, and I wasn't doing anything else anyway. So, yeah. And so, uh, and the trial was only about a week. And so at the end of the week, I had something to keep me occupied yeah. for some days and then $80 that I didn't have before. That's right. And when you're 19, that's pretty nice. <laughs> and you get to, for me, it was fascinating just seeing the whole process. It was very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really cool. And, and, 
met some interesting people yeah. on the jury too. Um, I rem- I spent more time with the people on the jury that I was on the second time around, mm-hmm. which was only like the next year, right, or two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I was on two juries before I was 22 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping it'll be. I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but it was. So were you the youngest person each time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, definitely the first time, and I believe so also the same. See, that's why it's, I, will, I also find it fascinating, because you could be anywhere from 18 to 90, yeah. or, you know, older, yeah. because, uh, and that, to me, is uh, really, that's fun, I think, in, in a way, or at least, it, for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good opportunity to talk to people, or get to know people who are willing to also engage, the other people who yeah. just go to the deliberation room and do work, and yeah. all the off time, but you know, go venture out and find some food with people and yeah. talk to people that you would ordinarily never actually talk to. That's right. And I thought that those were really nice experiences. Um, yeah, because everyone usually has a different job because, yeah. they, you know, we're only talking to people in our that's, industry. That's true. So that's also kind of fascinating to find out what other people do. So it was fun serving on a jury two times after having seen 12 Angry Men because since I watched it in high school, that was my first... Yeah, you know, sort of foray into to yeah. it. <laughs> so it's not quite like that. Yeah, um, but it's not as dramatic. No, for that one. Yeah, for that one. Did you ever see the Amy Schumer parody? Of... I, I didn't, but I'm aware of it. Yes, yes. It's a, basically they're trying to determine if she's um, attractive to enough to be in a, a film or in, in movies or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's very well done. Yeah, and uh, good parody. So okay. great picks. Good job. Yay. All right. <laughs> All right, we're back with Malin. Welcome back. Hey, Brian. So for this week's episode, we're going to talk about movies that take place in a day or in a night, but whatever it has to be, it has to be within a 24-hour time frame. And we, this has been a fun one because we've been all over the map on this. Oh, so, good. Yeah, so I'm really curious to see what you came up with. So um, maybe you can help me out on this one. There's there's one movie, I don't think it, I don't think it falls within 24 hours, Hours, but I think it's damn close. Um, Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Actually, yeah, because they go back, they keep going back in sections, but it, all, it basically takes place in one day. Yeah. So the thing is, like, I, so it it might kind of be more than twenty four hours, but not by too much more than twenty four hours. I don't think. I was doing. I was trying to like map out the chronology of it, and I was looking online, and a bunch of people have put together these like weird maps of the convoluted um, plot lines. Uh, but they haven't done it by like sunrise, sunset, or anything. So I'm not totally sure but i'm like 90 percent sure that it's within like maybe a day and a couple hours yeah nobody's the, nobody's picked it but i'm gonna give it to you because i don't remember it being much longer than a day if, if, it, if it isn't a day yeah okay cool well then i'm gonna put that on my list but having said that i know that somebody out there listening to this podcast is gonna be like but what about the flashback with christopher walken <laughs> And I'm going to say, well, that's just a flashback. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's, so it's that like doesn't count. I can see that, like, like, legitimately, definitely cheats the 24-ish hour premise, but... No, I think um, flashbacks are totally, totally allowable on this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fun one, because so much happens in that film. And when you think about it, it's kind of like over the course of a day, like all of these stories start to intertwine more and more as you get through the film. And do you realize they may be happening at the same time, or they may be happening just kind of like, um, uh, more or less sequentially, but then you're watching them out of sequence. So it's all kind of happening at the same time, but all these different stories in LA are kind of unfolding. That's right. Yes. That's a, that's a, that's a fun one. Yeah, definitely. 
A um, couple others, uh, Ferris Bueller and Breakfast Club. Those are kind of like my growing up teenage movies. I don't know. Those both take place in a day. I think those kind of both are like, as far as the 80s go, like the epic takes place in kind of day one ditching school and the other one <laughs> in detention at school. <laughs> right, wishing they could ditch detention, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's no, I mean Ferris I mean it's in the it's in the title. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is is definitely my number one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's interesting cuz the those films kind of god, I used to ditch school a lot. I might have told you this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't And I you used to go to you used to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Huh? You used to go to the movies when you ditched. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, it all pays yeah, so off in never, the end. Never as, never as epic as Ferris Bueller, but those were all those were always interesting. It's always kind of disappointing at the end of the day when you have to kind of like go back to normal life, you know, like go home and be like, I, I guess, kind of hold up the the idea that you went to school. Yeah, because it's almost like uh, you have this this enormous high from knowing that you're doing something that you shouldn't, and then it all comes crashing down at the end. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just have to kind of like play like it never happened. That's but, right. That's right. Um, Richard Linklater does lots of um, movies in a day. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of them, but um, I did see Slacker and Dazed and Confused when those two films came out. Yes. Um, and those were those are fascinating. I remember when Slacker came out, it was like this experimental film where it's just kind of following people around um, Austin, Texas. Uh, over the course of, you know, roughly a day. And you go through all sorts of different environments and different, uh, you meet all sorts of different characters. I don't think you really meet more than maybe one or two of them more than once. Mm -hmm. Pretty much you kind of, you follow one character through a scene or something that they're going through. And then um, it'll transition to the next character as they're like walking by or, interacting briefly with that character so it's kind of this stream of consciousness through the city of austin through a single kind of like day in the life um so that's that's slacker people know him better for days to confuse though because that's the like last day of high school last hurrah kind of party movie that got matthew mcconaughey uh recognized as well as Richard like later true and people forget ben affleck plays the great asshole in that o'banion oh really yeah He's the one that gets pained on him in the end. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. No, I had, I totally like zoned out over that. Well, it's totally funny. He's really he's in a lot of the beginning, and then after he's up until about the halfway point, and then he's gone. You don't see him for the rest of the movie. So, huh? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that one out. It's been ages since I've seen it. Oh uh, yeah, clearly, yeah. Uh, it's been longer than I've. Then Ben Affleck has been a familiar face. Correct. Yeah. Was it would caught it? But Definitely. The, 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 movie, the movie that right now is like totally mind blowing. The, uh, the was movie, that like his first film too? It was one of the early ones. Um, it, yeah. But the, I think the film still holds up well. I mean, it's definitely a time period piece. The music's great, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it totally, it totally kind of feels like my last day at high school. Because <laughs> that kind of happened to me, too. It was uh-huh. like um, high school ended. None of us had any idea what the heck was going to happen or what we were supposed to do or expected to do or even what we wanted to do. So I think we just kind of hung out for a week with you know, people who I really wouldn't see much at all after that. Right, right. It's true because that's one thing they don't really get into. 
uh, the people that were going away, um, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen. So that, that would have been an interesting sequel if they had chose to, to go there. Um, okay, so uh, other, other um, movies that happen in a day, I'm going to kind of bunch of a bunch together i notice a seems like a lot of mysteries or horror movies kind of happen in a day which makes sense um yeah 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 because it's you know i, I think it obviously you know it adds to the claustrophobia of the film for suspense films you uh if you know that there's a particular time period then you've already got this kind of ticking time bomb that's going off as right. you're watching the film so it heightens the expectation and anticipation uh and in horror movies uh, starting to think about this um too like uh with if you know it's going to happen in like just a day or a particular period of time um I guess maybe you, you, uh, I feel like you can breathe a little bit less because I know there's not only is probably there's nowhere for the main characters to go like physically or environmentally, but also like in terms of time, like you can't just like step out of the story or the tension and then step back in when you're like more comfortable. It's all locked in. But, right. Like right. Night of the Living Dead, like zombie films. Yes. Like those are all kind of time sensitive. And, um, especially Romero's where it's night of the living dead was, you know, it was even that was, that was like a full day, I think uh, yeah, like it was morning and, the, to morning. and the ending is definitely not what you expect, you know, <laughs> which was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that is, that is, that film holds up. Oh, totally. Like, like very few horror movies of that period or before. I mean, there are a handful, but yeah. not many. And that one, that one definitely, um, especially low budget ones. So, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple other horror movies, the birds, I think oh, yeah. almost happens in a day, but not quite. Like, I don't know if like when she visits the, the pet shop in the beginning, I think that probably disqualifies it. Cause yeah, she bought, I think she buys pajamas or something at one point. So I think she sleeps over. I think it's a, it's a two day thing. Oh, dang it. Yeah. Okay. Well, but good try. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Labyrinth happens in an evening. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and probably, actually, I guess only in a few hours. Mm-hmm. So, but I like that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, quite a lot. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, and Mysteries. Oh, I had one. I think Gosford Park is a weekend and not, like, a day, so... So never mind. Okay. <laughs> That's another fantasy movie, kind of like Labyrinth, that mm-hmm. happens probably in the matter of like, I think it's between the time that the kid goes to bed and wakes up again. But all sorts of things happen, both in Labyrinth and in Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it's, you know, the character is only experiencing like an hour or a nighttime in the real world, so many adventures happen like inside of the fantasy world that they go into and i guess time bandits is going all over the place and all over time as well um but it's all kind of uh enveloped within a single day yeah and i'm I'm glad you keep bringing up time bandits because that's that's a movie a lot of people forget and it's it's really a lot of fun oh my gosh it's unforgettable absolutely unforgettable (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) it has shelley duvall on the titanic i know and as um, John Cleese in really inappropriate Robin Hood attire. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, it's got so much fantastic stuff in it. Yes. Oh my gosh. And and the devil, uh, a really, really fantastic devil, probably the best devil 
or the most, for me, the most memorable mm-hmm. um, devil character. Um, anyway, so that's all, that's almost everything. And then my last one, this is my absolute favorite happens in a day film, but it's probably not very well known uh, or maybe not very well remembered um, popularly, and I don't know if it was ever really very popular in the U.S. I don't think it was. So it's, I think it's a 1967 French film by um, uh, a guy named Jacques Tati, who did a lot of kind of uh, silent character physical comedy in France in the 60s. And several of his movies, I think, actually take place in a day as well. But this is my absolute favorite. It's one of my very favorite movies where his character goes to Paris and um, he arrives on a bus with a bunch of tourists. Or maybe he doesn't arrive with the tourists. But anyway, he arrives like at the same time as these tourists um, in Paris. And it's the, the whole film is just kind of his bumbling around Paris um, in this kind of modern architecture setting that's kind of plumped down in the middle of like the uh, historic and cultural setting of Paris that you don't see very much of. And um, it's, it's really interesting to me because there's a lot of commentary on um, modern architecture versus traditional or um, historic architecture, urban planning, um, just the, uh, the lack of soul in um, modernism, or as it was perceived to have kind of a, uh, a lack of uh, soul and identity um, during that period. And anyway, so it's it's definitely worth checking out. It's kind of a masterclass on modernist architecture from the middle of the century. And what, so, and what's the movie called again? Playtime. Playtime. Okay. I, I think yeah. you said it in the beginning, yeah. but I, I wanted to make sure that if if you haven't seen it, definitely check out Playtime. Yeah, Playtime by Jacques Tati. Nice. Well, nobody picked that, so I'm glad you mentioned it. And uh, we got Time Bandits in there. And, and hell, even if The Birds is two days, check it out anyway, because it's one of the best Hitchcock films there is as well. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yes. Cool. As always, thank you, Malin. Thanks, Brian. We are officially on Spotify now. So if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there. So if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie Me- <laughs> I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff. And yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to TeePublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to TeePublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the actual alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also said. Science. Science also said, my second favorite podcast is, it doesn't matter, the rest suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science.